Hey, really quick before we get into this episode, if you're hearing this intro, it means that my new podcast with my friend Veronica called Socially Unfiltered has officially launched and we would love for you to join us over there. I wanted to make sure I put this intro before all of the previous episodes of the Social Media Survival Guide podcast because just so much has changed since these episodes were published, but the content in these episodes still holds a very special place in my heart. So you may hear some links or some Instagram handles that I'm no longer using being mentioned in these episodes. So I just wanted to give you one place where you knew you could find everything. If you want to keep up with me, Lex, on Instagram, my Instagram handle is at justlexpage, J-U-S-T-L-E-X-P-A-I-G-E. And that's where you can find all of my social media content. It's where you can find all of the different ways we can work together and all of the resources I have to help you survive social media. And like I said, some links may be outdated. So if you're interested in any of my guides, any of my templates, or any of my resources for helping you survive social media, you can find everything at stan.store slash page, and I'll link everything in this description. But come join us over on the new podcast. Again, it's called Socially Unfiltered. You can find us on Instagram at sociallyunfilteredpod. You can find the podcast where wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, I'll link everything in this episode description. Whether this is your first time listening to the Social Media Survival Guide or your millionth re-listen, thank you for being here. But I'm so excited to start this new journey with you. So please come hang out with us over on Socially Unfiltered. We would love to have you. But for now, I'll let you get into the episode that you were trying to listen to. And hopefully I'll see you over there. Enjoy. Welcome to the Social Media Survival Guide, an experience designed to help us all survive social media. We're gonna go on deep dives into what goes on behind the scenes in this industry, talk to some of the most amazing entrepreneurs, and I'm sharing all of my favorite tools and resources that I use to survive social media. We do things a little more authentic around here, and I'm glad that you made it. I'm your host, Lex, and I'm just surviving social media one day at a time. Let's get into it. Hello. How are you? Happy Monday. Welcome to or welcome back to the Social Media Survival Guide podcast. I had a long weekend. <laughs> had a long weekend. Do you ever like go from having a completely open and free and empty schedule or calendar or week or month or whatever to what seems like overnight it's just like completely full? <laughs> Or is that just me? Um, That's what happened to me. Like, I'm recording this on Friday, February 10th. And on February 1st of this month, so nine days ago, when I looked at my calendar for March, and I know this is crazy, like, I don't know if normal people are planning like a full month in advance, but like, I looked at my calendar for March and I was like, oh my God, I have so much time. I can do so many things. And then I started like, putting the pieces into motion for those things to happen and then when I sat down to look at my calendar I was like oh my god this is really full so like March my best friend's getting married um so that's gonna be like a an entire weekend event slash like days before I feel like I need to be focused on that I don't know get myself ready like do things to get ready for that. Um, I just booked a brand shoe that I have so desperately needed for literally ever, like forever. And I've had a couple brand shoots done in the past, but I was still very much, I don't want to say learning what I wanted my brand to be because I've always known what I wanted my brand to be, but I feel like some of the choices I made in my past brand shoots didn't fully reflect what I want my content to look like and now I mean this was like two I'm a year and a half ago like was the last time that I did any sort of like official brand shoot like I did a mini brand shoot for myself for my business's fifth 
birthday um, in July of this past year. But other than that, I literally did that in my living room in like an hour. So other than that, I haven't had an actual booked professional branding shoot in over a year and a half and it's like desperately needed so I booked that um I've really wanted to get my eye sorry I'm going off on like full like like you're basically just (laughs) I'm reading my calendar out loud to you right now but like super personal um I really want to get my eyebrows microbladed well I am getting my eyebrows microbladed and I booked that for March and then that like kind of messed everything up because like you have to you can't like wear makeup or like put anything like on your eyebrow area for like two weeks after so I was like okay I have to do this like really early in March so that I have enough time between the brand shoot and my best friend's wedding to like not look like a crazy person I just feel like all of a sudden I looked at my calendar and it was like really really full so okay so the whole reason I even started to say that was because I wanted to apologize for there not being um, a podcast episode last week I honestly couldn't remember if I had said there wasn't going to be one but I was just really getting the YouTube video together and then so that I know for a fact I don't forget to say it there's not going to be a podcast episode or a YouTube video for next week sorry I have to like make sure I have my timelines right for the time that I'm speaking yeah so there will not be one for the next week um we're doing like some stuff around our house that is like kind of not construction-y that is not that's such a dramatic way to put it. Um, my office is going to kind of like be in disarray and like our entire house will be like in disarray for a couple days um, just like while we move some things around and stuff. So I just don't know if I'm going to have enough time next week <laughs> without my office looking like a mess to actively like film anything. So just so that I know I'm putting that out there. But okay, so at the end of the episode, I want to answer some of the questions that I got from putting out that pricing video. They were really good questions. They were things that weren't included in the video. So I can only imagine that if one person is asking them, there's probably somebody else who would benefit from hearing the response that I would have to that. Um, And again, that YouTube video is just the way that I teach people to start pricing their services. I'm not saying it's the only correct way. Um, I'm not a money coach. I'm not a mindset coach. It's not my specialty to help other freelancers price their services where I like to think that I thrive is by (laughs) providing a lot of information. Like I will literally tell you anything. I will just not tell you what to price your services because I truly believe that only you know everything that goes into pricing your services. So there's like, I could tell you what I charge for my full-time management package, but it's it could help you get like a ballpark range to stay in, but when it comes down to like how long it actually takes me to complete those tasks, it's going to look completely different for the next person. So it just never makes sense to like copy somebody's pricing exactly unless you're offering like step by step the same package, which that's not what we're here to talk about today. But at the end of the episode, I want to answer some questions that I had about that. And then what we're going to talk about today is anti-gatekeeping culture. We are full, hard anti-gatekeepers at Page Media Co. I just don't believe that there is anything... Okay, so like when I think of gatekeeping, I think of like if somebody were to DM me and be like, hey, I have this situation with a client, like what would you do in this situation? If I were to respond to you and be like, Oh my God, I talk all about that in the social media manager's survival guide. Like here's the link to it. Like 
all you have to do is go to like this chapter and I talk all about it. Like I get that that would be the faster way to go about things, but to me it's not... I'm not trying to gatekeep anything in the way that I just want somebody to purchase one of my guides or purchase one of my templates or purchase whatever. Like my goal is to put the information out there and like if you have the time and the energy and the motivation to follow the steps yourself, that's perfect. That's great. If you are somebody who learns better by having a a guide open in front of you that you can go through on your own time go through at your own pace it's not like forward facing you don't have to go to weekly coaching sessions like if that's how you prefer to learn that's what the guides are for um and I've said this before like there's not really anything inside of my content that I am trying to gatekeep I hope that makes sense it probably doesn't make sense but like like okay so what today's episode is going to be about is where I have one in the past found all of my favorite clients where I've found the most clients um, and then also some of the places that I think people need to be looking for clients that they might not be looking for clients this isn't really anything I would ever make a YouTube video about I don't think so I think it just makes sense to do it as a podcast episode and if that doesn't interest you like if you you know are not a social media manager actively looking for clients, like if you are somebody who either listens to this podcast or watches my content to learn about social media specifically in the way that you're like running your own account and want to make it simpler, this episode might not be for you. So, I mean, I'm more than welcome to have you here. I'm inviting you to stay and listen, but I do just want to say it's very much aimed towards social media managers today. Um, and then we will be back to just implementing social media, just implementing social media in general as anybody whether you're a small business owner a social media manager but today is for my social media managers so before we actually get into it let's do a quick ad and we'll get started okay so finding clients is very top of the list along with how to price services as one of the most common questions that I get asked um when I first started I I didn't even know I was looking for clients. Um, and I have my, the first episode of this podcast, I'm 99% sure is me like talking about how I actually started my business and how I went from offering it just like as something for fun to something full time. So I won't go too far into that. But above all else, where my absolute favorite and best clients have come from has come from being myself on social media and just posting genuine content that felt right to me and it's actually crazy like I know that you're supposed to like actually pay attention to this like as a business owner or coach and like I do pay attention to my analytics but I've never like sat down and been like okay what did I post this week that like got me an influx of inquiries and I think that the reason I feel that I don't have to like so closely analyze those analytics is because I genuinely just will only ever post what feels right to me and if that actively attracts clients then it actively attracts clients I'm not gonna go back and be like okay when I posted this reel about you know my five favorite fonts on Canva I had two inquiries that week instead of one on the week that I posted about my morning routine like I just like don't have the brain capacity for that so to me it's just easier to be yourself post the content that you want to post but genuinely most if not all of the clients that I actively work with right now 
came from somebody either on their team or somebody saying something and finding me via Instagram. Um, and I think that that's a really good way to show your work. Like it's going to be a little bit different running your own business account than it would be running somebody else's. But when a business owner looks at your profile, I think it's really easy for them to be like, oh, I want my profile to give off this vibe. And most of my clients have told me that that's why they chose to work with me was because they could see their branding and their business in mine. Um, So that was like a really cool question to ask all of my clients one day. Um, Fun fact, one of my other clients said the only reason, not the only reason, but the main reason that she chose to work with me over others was because I did research prior to our discovery call. So like I had asked her like what industry she's in and like what her business was and blah, blah, blah. And then like I did just a tiny bit of research. Like it took like 10 minutes for me to like scroll through her website and like see, you know, what she was interested in and bring that up if it was something that I was also interested in um, or like it gave me an opportunity to like see what she was currently doing and come to her with active ideas that we would do if we started working together. Um, So just like another fun little tip for my social media managers out there before discovery calls, which speaking of, and we'll get into this after everything, I do want to do an episode all about discovery calls and like all of the questions that I ask, the whole process that I take, because I have a discovery call kit template that I have been meaning to finalize and put out for a couple months now so I'm going to do an episode all about discovery calls so send me your dms on instagram at page media co on tiktok at page media co p-a-i-g-e media co my name's lex by the way I don't think I've introduced myself so if we haven't met (laughs) hi I have a tendency to just talk okay so that's what I like to put out there first is like genuinely just being myself on social media and posting content that felt authentic to me I think has brought me all of my best clients if not again my favorite clients um but let's be honest there are definitely better slash places that you can actively look rather than just like sitting back and waiting for instagram to show your content to the right people um because i'm a firm believer in that like yes i believe that my instagram presence itself attracts clients on its own but i'm also like a very firm believer in shooting your shot so like not in a cold pitchy way but like I've been blessed with really cool opportunities. I've been able to work with brands that I absolutely love all because I just like sent an email and was like, hey, this is what I do. I would love to work with you, blah, blah, blah. Um, Again, not in like a pitchy way where it's like I'm trying to actively sell you something, but like just in a way where like, hey, I want to connect. I'm very passionate about your brand and what you do and how you run your business and I would love to see how things work on your end um and see what my social media skills could do for your business like it doesn't need to be so incredibly pitchy or salesy but like genuinely it just takes that one connection so again I'm a big fan of shooting your shot and just asking for what you want because the worst thing that's going to happen is somebody is going to tell you no or they're not going to answer you and at the end of the day neither of those things like make a difference Like it would make a difference if they say yes, but it's not going to hurt you if they say no. Like it might hurt your ego for a second, but like you got to get over that Um, because asking for what you want is literally the only way to get what you want. (laughs) Like you can work as hard as you want, but sometimes it just comes down to asking for what you want. So again, big fan of shooting your shot, but also you do need to be putting in that effort and energy into your own content and into your own social media platforms because... 
again, I do believe that that's where most clients will find you. So with that being said, I want to talk about some of the actionable steps in the places that you can actively be looking for clients that, again, one, I think are either underutilized or two, just people aren't actively looking there. So number one, (laughs) and I want to be fully transparent here. I've only done this a couple times, only because from the time that I had the idea to do this to now... I have just never been in a place to bring more clients on. So if you actively have spots for clients, I feel what I'm about to say is a gold mine. And I feel like I have never, I mean, I don't feel like I have never heard anybody else say this. Shark Tank. (laughs) I feel like I need to like edit in some like dramatic music to make that sound like I'm dropping some like truth bomb or something because I don't know, you know, like I said, in my full transparency, this is not something that I've done and I have actively worked with a hundred different brands by doing this. You know what I mean? So I feel a little bit weird sharing it. However, if I was in a place where I was either just starting or I had a bunch of open client spots, like This is literally what I would spend my time doing. Okay, I am an avid Shark Tank watcher and I know a lot of other people are too. And I share a lot about it on my Instagram story. This is not just me being like, oh, go follow my Instagram. But like, I really do love Shark Tank and like every Friday night or Saturday morning, I watch it. Like I love Shark Tank. I post all about it on my Instagram story and just like good deals, bad deals, like what I think people are doing well, what I don't think they're doing well. Like I posted one recently that this guy had, um, oh my God, I cannot remember what the business was. I think it was a waffle business. It was, it was definitely a waffle mix or like pancake mix business. And all of the sharks were like, this is straight up the best waffle I've ever had in my life. But the reason that none of them would work with him or like none of them pitched him a deal was because basically in the way that he was responding to questions, like they asked him if he was utilizing social media and he was like, "Mm, no, I don't really have an interest in utilizing social media. And that immediately sparked a reaction from Mr. Wonderful and Lori and Barbara, like all three of them instantly were like, oh, that's not good. Like, that's not good. That's not good. And that's how I feel like current day is like, if you are not willing to adapt and be on social media, like it's going to be really hard for your business to survive unless you have that like brick and mortar store, like in a super busy location. Again, like unless your surroundings make it easy for you to have a lot of natural traffic to your business. But other than that, like even just having a website, like I think there's a lot of people who think that just like having a website is going to like automatically get you in front of people when I, it's, that's just not how it works. And I feel like a lot of the time when you work in this industry and you understand that, like it's, again, easy for us to forget that like there's a lot of people who think that um, because we know how it works. So again, basically with a website, cool, you have a website, but are you, you know, how are you bringing traffic to it? Do you have a blog? Do you have Pinterest? Do you have social media? Do you have like flyers that you're handing out? Like literally what are you doing to drive traffic to your website? Because your SEO alone, especially when you first start, will not be enough to bring you that traffic. So again, okay, back to Shark Tank. If I had the time, again, I would be going to, and I'm going to Google it right now. If you go to all Shark Tank products 
shark-tank.com. Allshark-tank-products.com. It literally, like, season, episode, like, in order, everything is on this website. It shows you all of the products. There are so many businesses that go on Shark Tank that they don't necessarily need to be pitching themselves to the sharks. And I've sit, I say this all the time in my story. Like, yes, when you go on Shark Tank, one, you have access to a lot of things with the sharks that you wouldn't normally. But a lot of the time, a lot of these businesses would not feel like they were in a position to be asking for a lot of money if they could just have sales from social media because so many of these products are like life-changing they are convenient they're saving us time people love shit that saves us time like there's so many of these businesses that if they just utilized social media correctly they wouldn't need to be on shark tank and again it's not just as simple as like oh they didn't get a deal with the sharks they don't get anything like there's something called the shark tank effect like you pretty much go viral after you're on Shark Tank no matter what because so many people are watching it and they're going to go... Well, I shouldn't say you go viral no matter what. I should say you get a lot of exposure no matter what. Like, even if you don't get a deal with the sharks, like, you're not walking away from Shark Tank with nothing to gain. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to get a lot of traffic just from being on the show. Fun fact, one of my friends in college, his brother was on Shark Tank with something called the 180 Cup. And it's basically a red solo cup that when you flip it upside down has a shot glass built into it. It's actually really cool. <laughs> I thought it was really cool and it was really cool at the time to be like, my friend's brother is on Shark Tank. So again, allsharktankproducts.com. I would find the businesses that are on there and go to their, so and I do this anyway. Like as I watch these products on Shark Tank, I actively go to their social media channels because I wanna see what they're doing. I wanna see what they're doing right. I wanna see what they could be doing better like so just even going to their profile like watch the show learn a little bit about who they are and then go to their instagram and it's again as simple as just sending a dm and being like i just watched you on shark tank i absolutely love your business your mission your product like i would value the opportunity to work with you so much i promise i would be the hardest worker that you ever had like we will get your social media off of the ground and you will see more sales from it like I don't know if that's exactly how I would word it but like something like that like super simple even just being like hey I'd love to learn more about you or like messaging them and saying like present yourself immediately as the expert and be like hey I just watched you on Shark Tank took a look at your socials like I have a lot of really good ideas like do you have 15 minutes we could jump on a call and I'll tell you you know, what I'm thinking. Because even that too, like I've heard so many people be like, don't give a business anything, nothing. Do not spend a second working on anything until you've been paid. And like, yeah, I agree with that. But also to me, and I've said this before, think about like if you're going to a traditional job interview, are you calling that employer and being like, you need to give me gas money to get there? I don't want to say you have to prove that you're good at what you're due because nobody should ever have to like actively prove their worth but like sometimes and especially with what we do being in such a creative field with so much of it being visuals a lot of people want to see what you would be able to do for their business and it's going to be a lot easier for them to envision like their business in your hands when they're actually seeing things that you make so don't, like, I've done it before. Like, I've worked with people because I've made one simple graphic and sent it to them and was like, this is what your feed would look like, you know? And that immediately we worked together. Like, 
I just don't love the idea of like you have to be paid to breathe or like paid to exist. I just have never believed in that. But I'm also not like a hustle, like boss babe, like you have to wake up at 5 a.m. and work all day every day. But like I just think it's a little like entitled to feel as if you deserve to be paid to exist or to breathe. So I think it's okay to spend one hour to potentially pitch yourself to a dream company. You know what I mean? So that's how I feel about that. I know there's a lot of people that aren't going to agree with that. Okay, and then another one that's kind of up the alley of Shark Tank is Amazon Launchpad. So um, I don't really know what the... (laughs) I don't really know what the actual link is to get to it, but if you literally just go to Google and type in Amazon Launchpad, um, it's basically the first thing that comes up. And what Amazon Launchpad is, is a certain page on Instagram, or on Instagram, oh my God, a certain page on Amazon that highlights a bunch of new businesses and a bunch of new products. And a lot of the time they're, again, new. So I've gone through here and like just because I like looking at them like I'm looking right now microwavable stainless steel mixing bowl with lid set three count like that's really cute like first of all they look really cute it's like this really cool like granite texture but like if you're a lifestyle content creator come to Amazon Launchpad look at this business reach out to them and be like hey, I make lifestyle content. Like, I would love to use these in my next video. I'm actually gonna be doing a cook this recipe with me video. Do you wanna work together? Blah, blah, blah. Like, again, not word for word how I would reach out, but there's a lot of really cool brands and businesses and products on this Amazon Launchpad that the purpose of it is Amazon's like pushing them to the top of people's like algorithms, but um, a lot of really cool things to look for. And again, not even just for making content with these products, but reaching out to them and letting them know, hey, I saw you on Amazon Launchpad. I took a look at your socials. Like, I think your product would do really well on here if you did ABC or XYZ. You know what I mean? So highly recommend looking at that. Also, I'm looking at the Amazon page and when you're going to search on Amazon, there's a little drop down menu that you can go from all departments, and there's one that says unique new releases. That's the Amazon launch pad. Um, and the URL is like something crazy, so I can't even give that. But again, just Google Amazon launch pad. Um, so I think those are two really, really cool places to look because they're clearly getting a push from somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like these people have made it to Shark Tank for a reason. They obviously have a really cool product or service. These products have obviously made it to the Amazon launch pad for a reason um so definitely some places to look out for again for those clients that may not be using social media in the way that they should especially because they have a kick-ass product okay number two indeed um i want to make it very clear i am pro indeed i am anti-upwork i know that there are people who have success on upwork and i know there are people that make a full-time living off of upwork um I never liked Upwork. I was on it for a little while. I got maybe five jobs off of it. Um, In my opinion, Upwork and Fiverr are platforms that people go to to know that they can receive low-priced services. That's not to say that everybody on there has low-priced services. However, I feel like because of the way that the platform is set up and because you have to bid on certain like projects or proposals or whatever, Um, there's a very strong chance that people are using that platform to find the most cost-efficient option. And you're going to have a lot of competition on there. In my opinion, if you're putting that effort in on Upwork, 
you might as well just put it in on a social media platform because Upwork's going to take, I, last I knew Upwork takes 30% um, of your earnings. I can only imagine, I mean, that we're talking like 2020 is probably the last time that I knew what percentage Upwork takes. So I can only imagine that it's either gone up from now or they've introduced something that you're earning less. So again, anti-Upwork and not in a bad way if you like it if you enjoy it that's great however i just think there's better places to be putting in effort um so with that being said indeed okay so i love indeed um to me and this is why i wanted to say i'm anti-upwork because i it's not just like a job listing site um indeed to me is where people go to post job descriptions when they are actively looking for somebody to pay as an employee now, with that being said, you don't have to go into these things with the mindset that you're being hired on as an employee. Um, I've done both. So I've gone into it where I have actually just been added to like their payroll and then like it's this whole thing with my accountant and whatever. Um, so that was fine because their business was already so established that like they needed me to just be on their payroll instead of paying me like a contractor, which again, totally fine for tax reasons. Um, but then I've also done it where you know, they're looking for somebody like 40 hours a week, full-time in-house marketing position, blah, blah, blah. And I will reach out to them and tell them like prior to the interview, like, hey, I own my business. Like, this is what I do. I would still be your in-house marketing person. It would just work a little bit differently. Like, but because I wouldn't be coming into the, your business, you know, five days a week for eight hours a day, you could save on a lot of expenses like you can pay me as a contractor rather than paying me as a full-time employee you don't have to pay for my benefits um so i've gone into it both ways and i've never really gotten any kickback from that um i think it's just again all about being open but the reason that i like indeed so much is again because i feel like it's where people go when they're like super serious about hiring somebody um, or bringing somebody in for that specific position. So I generally will just look up, I mean, again, I haven't actively done this in like over a year because I just haven't brought new clients on in a long time, but go to Indeed, search social media marketing, social media manager, content creator, in-house marketing, blah, blah, blah. Um, I usually, for the first filter through of searches, I would do it for remote, like just anywhere so that I knew that they would not ask me to go into their office, which wouldn't be a problem, but I just obviously I'm only in one location, so I couldn't commit to something in like California when I'm on the East Coast. Um, but then I would also go through and look for my own city. Like I went through and looked for Charleston and was like, okay, like who's hiring in Charleston for this position? Um, so again, just I love Indeed. You do have to approach it a little bit differently, but it's like I said, I've never had any kickback from a business owner being like, oh, we aren't interested in that setup. Like the only time it was not set up that way was again, the business that I worked with was so established that it was just like not a contractor thing. Like they just needed me to be on their payroll. It, I was like, whatever. And it made sense to my accountant. So it was fine. Um, Because <laughs> if you know, you know, tax season is like coming up. I'm like, oh my God, I hate it here. <laughs> Um, okay, so number three is going to be referrals. And obviously, this is only relevant if you have actually had clients. However, it's been one of the most effective ways for me to get new clients. So like I said, I haven't brought new clients on in a little over a year. Um, so I haven't actively done this in a long time. But when I was actively like onboarding a lot of clients and blah, 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 like working with 
way too many people at once. Um, I did these little cute like onboarding gifts, client gift box things. Um, and I would curate it for each person, but basically it would just be like an all natural soy candle. It would be Burt's Bees chapstick. It would be crystals because I'm like super woo woo and crazy. What else would I put in there? Starbucks gift cards. Um, I don't remember everything that went in them. And then inside of that box, I would put a little postcard that listed out what my referral program was. So what I would do is if a client who currently works with me on retainer referred somebody who also locked into a retainer, I would take $50 a month off of my original client's service, or I would send them a $50 Amazon gift card. Um, so basically they could refer as many people as they wanted. And every time they would either get $50 off of their service that month, or they would get $50 for Amazon. Um, so again, I don't want to say that's like bribing, but like People like to do things when there's something in it for them. It's a little bit more enticing. And like you just want to be top of mind when somebody like your client is talking to their friend who also owns a business. Like, you know, just being like, oh my God, like I actually have this great social media person. So even sending like a couple of your business cards like in that referral box and just being like, give these to people, you know, you get this if this person signs on and blah, blah, blah. So referrals were always really good. Now, if like I said, it's kind of only relevant if you actively have clients, but I want to talk about passion projects too. So number four, passion projects. Um, this is making the list because in my opinion, the most important thing you need to even start attracting clients is a portfolio. And a lot of the times your social media platforms will serve as your portfolio. Um, but I think it's really good to have like an actual laid out portfolio of what your services are, examples of your work, analytics, before and afters, blah, blah, blah. I actually have a YouTube video uh, that is walking through how to use the website feature on Canva to make a portfolio. It's really cute. And I think it's really cute. So that's on there if you need help with that. But anyway, passion projects. So like I said, I think portfolios are the number one thing that entice somebody to work with you because again it's easy for them to envision themselves in your branding or in your hands when they can see examples of work that you've done in the past so i think that you need to invest time into passion projects and you know this kind of goes along with people being like don't work for free don't do anything like okay you could give a discounted service in exchange for a testimonial and then not only does that help you go on to book new clients but you're also helping that business out. So like, do I think you should get stuck in a cycle of offering your services for a discount? No, but if you're somebody who's like, I'm never doing anything for free for anybody, okay, passion projects. Make a business from scratch, make a service, like do your own service on a business that you create. Go in Canva and make a mock Instagram feed, make it look really bad, and then show what you made it look like afterwards. And this isn't like... I don't want to say like sketchy or false advertising because you are actively showing your skill. Um, and I actually, okay, so I went to college for business management and marketing. So I actually did take a lot of like marketing classes and like portfolio classes. And I've said it before, like I'm actually so thankful that I did that. However, I don't think that you need to do that in order to be successful at owning a business. But I came into owning my business with having had taken classes in college where we literally had to do like a mock proposal for a marketing campaign. We literally had to do a mock like invoice. We had to do mock discovery sessions. Like I had to do all of that and we had to do like 
mock business plans. We had to do mock designs. Like I took an entire design class where we literally had to build a business from the ground up, including the name, the values, the mission. We had to write out the business plan, make the logo. Like, and I honestly wish that I just had more time in the day because it was so fun because I would do it like literally just for fun. But like open Google Docs, brain dump or just write out who your ideal client is. So let's say, and this is almost kind of like manifesting in a way, but think about who your ideal client is. So like, let's say my ideal client is to work with a swimsuit brand. I want to work with a bathing suit company, a swimwear company. Um, Their branding is very bold. They have a lot of neon colors. Um, I'm thinking like neon and hot pink and like electric blue and like really neon yellow is like how I'm seeing this brand in my head. Um, Lots of like elements from the 90s. Like go in and just brain dump who your ideal client is, what their business is, what their branding is like, and then go into Canva and make a brand presentation for this business. And again, it's not being sketchy because you're like making it up. It's This is literally what they taught me to do in my graphic design classes in order to practice your skills. Oh my god, I cannot wait until I have to go back and edit this episode because I'm 99% sure that my neighbor just backed his truck into my other neighbor's truck. Um, and it was really loud and I can't wait to hear if you can hear it in this recording. So anyway, passion projects. If you, that again, I know that this isn't like something where you're like actively reaching out to a client, but having a sick portfolio, again, in my opinion is what's going to attract a lot of clients to you. So if you have an extra hour in the day, go in and make a mock Instagram feed. And it's like, people make this content on TikTok all the time. I literally just answered a question about it. Like what this business's account would look like if I ran it. Like, I don't love that, but like, think about it like that. Like those people are actively redoing feeds for these businesses for free. Just make one from scratch and they're doing it in that content to show their skills. So it's literally no different. So passion projects, 100%, I think need to make the list because again, that portfolio is so important. Okay, number five is how I took my business full time. And I will always stand by this. I think traditional marketing campaigns get so often overlooked, even though they're so incredibly effective. So I, when I first figured out what I was doing in my business, I went and had like a hundred business cards printed and I carried those business cards around with me everywhere I went. I don't care if it was a random person that I heard at the grocery store talking about social media. I don't care if it was the doctor at the doctor's office talking to me about how their son has a side business, I don't know, making candy and he needs help with social media. Like I carried those business cards with me everywhere. Not only did I get over the fear of like introducing myself and introducing my business, but I also told everybody in my life what I was doing. Like I literally was like, when somebody was like, oh my God, you quit your job. Like, what are you doing right now? Yes, there were a lot of times where it was just easier to be like, oh, I'm in marketing. Like, oh, I have a marketing agency. But like, no, I literally was like calling friends that I knew had businesses being like, hey, I'm starting this. If you're ever interested, I got you for 20% off friends and family. Like, let's do this, blah, blah, blah. Help me build my portfolio. And genuinely, 
I think that that just like initial outreach and again getting over the fear of talking about my business and literally making it fucking rain with these business cards like that's what allowed me to take my business full time because one month later I had more inquiries than I knew what to do with because I genuinely didn't even know what I was doing at the time so I think that that mass business card method and like There was a day where I started on King Street in Charleston and I walked up and down and I went in every restaurant, every boutique, every shop, every stand. Like I just went up to them and was like, hey, this is what I do. Show them my portfolio on my phone. Not even pitching anything to you right now, but if you ever need help with social media, like please call me. And again, within a month, I was able to take this business full time. And I know that that's not going to be super, super realistic for a lot of people, especially if you don't live in a super populated place or a super populated city, um, like Charleston's overpopulated. Um, but like, even if you take the day and go drive an hour into like the biggest city around you and just pick a square on a map and cover every business in there, like, you know what I mean? Obviously not just like any business, like do some research and like know (laughs) the business that you're going into. But like, again, just getting your name out there, I think helps so much. So Speaking of clients, um, again, after posting that YouTube video last week of how to price your services, I want to touch on a couple things because I didn't, again, do an entire podcast episode about it. So I'm really hoping that those five ways can help you start to spend some time actively looking for clients or like, I just hope that they refresh a little bit if you have been waiting for new clients. Um, Those are the places that I highly recommend. But I want to talk a little bit again about pricing um, because I feel like that information is just better relayed via video. So if you want to watch or hear the whole thing, it's obviously on YouTube. But I got a lot of really good questions in my DMs after that, that again, I'm hoping by answering they will help somebody because I feel like If group fitness taught me anything, if one person was asking you to say something again, it meant that somebody else didn't hear it. So I just know that there will be somebody else that will benefit from this. So one of the most common things that I got asked that I really was not expecting was how do you accept payments from clients? So I personally use HoneyBook. Um, I use HoneyBook because it's super convenient. Um, It is an expense. Um, I believe I pay $40 a month. However, there is a promotion that it's a dollar per month for your first year, which is amazing because it's pretty much the lowest like monthly subscription that you'll find for an invoicing platform for everything that it does. So like it can auto send a questionnaire and then when they're done with that questionnaire, it'll auto send a link for them to book a time. And then when they book a time, it'll automatically send them the invoice. Like it just does so much. And the main thing that sticks out to me is that the main reason that I love it is because my clients can do auto pay. So like a lot of my clients don't want to have to like go in every month and like put their card in or like make a payment. Like a lot of them just want it to be on auto pay. So that's what I like it for the most is that I can literally just send over the invoice one time and then the client never has to touch it again unless we're changing something. Um, However, I do also use Stripe for certain things. Um, I have never used it just like standalone, but it's how I accept payments from the guides. It's how I accept payments from my template shop. So I like Stripe too. They have a lower fee, but I don't really know how it works standalone and it's a little bit different. Like I just like, again, all the features that come with HoneyBook. Okay, 
I also got asked, how do you increase your prices or how should you go about increasing your prices? So I have always done this in a way where you need to look for milestones, um, whether that's time or whether it's accomplishments, like some sort of milestone, I think will kind of signal to you of when it's time to raise your prices. So like, let's say for time, every six months I go in and I evaluate like what I'm doing for my clients. Has anything changed? Have I added any new subscriptions? Am I doing more content for them? Like, do we need to change anything? Has cost of living gone up? You know, do I need to value my time a little bit more? So I need to increase their hourly rate, like anything that needs to be changed. I always go in on like a six month basis. And then after working with a client for a year, I always increase their prices. Like if we've worked together for a year and never increased at all, we're increasing. Um, because in my opinion, at a normal job, you get a raise every year if you are good at what you do. Um, so to me, I've always kind of used that six month and then one year kind of time frame to, again, milestone, like when I would talk about raising my prices. Um, and then the other thing is, again, that accomplishment kind of milestone or time frame. So like say you are working with a client and you're like, all right, they told me that I made them an extra $10,000 from social media last month in their Etsy shop. If I can get them an extra $10,000 for the next three months, like if I consistently give them this same result for three months, I'm going to raise my prices. Um, so that's one way to do it. So again, like just based off of the results that you're getting, like if you're continuously getting really good results and you know that you're really good at what you do and you are very confident in your skills, that's a good time to kind of evaluate if you should be raising your prices. Um, the other thing is also the actions that you're putting in. So like, let's say you are going to a $2,000 workshop for business management and it's going to make your processes just that much more streamlined. You're learning new things to make content better for your clients. Like you're somehow investing in your education. Um, that to me is like, okay, maybe after you finish that workshop and finish implementing everything that you learn, that would be a good time to raise your prices. And then the last thing when it comes to pricing is I want to talk about the Tiffany's paperclip. So I did get a lot of DMs of people just being like, you know, how do I not just like trade my time for money? How do I know I'm not like undervaluing myself? How do I know if I'm overcharging? I've had so many people tell me I'm charging too much. Like there is always going to be a price objection for some reason. You could charge too little and somebody will think you're inexperienced because you're affordable. You could charge too much and people will think you're a scam because you're expensive. Like there's literally no winning your price point except for your target audience. Like you really need to think about your target audience. So let's talk about the Tiffany's paperclip. If you don't know, a couple years ago, Tiffany's like Tiffany & Co, the blue box, blah, 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 made a $1,500 paperclip that people were actively buying, okay? I can go to Office Max for $1.57 and buy a pack of 500 paperclips. The point of that is you are never going to be too expensive for somebody who values your work. Now, that's not to say that you should be taking advantage of your target audience and like upcharging the shit out of what you do, but you do need to value yourself, obviously. Um, but the point of me saying that is, again, somebody will always think you are too expensive, but there will always be somebody who thinks you're the perfect price point for the value that you provide. 
So I would just say going into pricing your services, if you feel like you are being told consistently your prices are too high, first, other than changing what your pricing is, I want you to first look at who's telling you that. Is it your dream client? Is it somebody who you know would have the budget for the service that you're offering? Because that's the other thing too is like when I first started, I knew that my niche was with small businesses. Like I wanted to actively work When I first started, I wanted to work with people who had no social media presence. I wanted to help them build it from the ground up. Now, because of that, I was working with a lot of really small, generally new businesses and their budgets weren't two, three, four thousand dollars a month and that just wasn't realistic. As time went on, I learned how to adapt what I wanted to provide for these businesses in a way that fit their budget without discounting my bigger packages because I just saved them for the people who valued them. You know what I mean? So like I had an offer for people within that budget of a smaller or newer business, but then still had my bigger ticket prices for the clients that I knew would value that. Um, So again, there's no right or wrong answer when it comes to pricing your services. It's going to be all about what makes sense to you. I'm not going to like repeat the whole YouTube video, but like like I said, like reevaluate how much you're spending on subscriptions every month. Reevaluate how often you're investing in new equipment. That's another milestone of when I would say like I would update, upgrade somebody's package. Like I over the summer got a work phone and because of that, it's a brand new iPhone. It has a better camera and now I have a phone that is just designated for my clients. Well, I've always, let me specify, I've always had a work phone. I just used it on an iPad instead of on a phone. Um, and now there's an actual phone. So it's, again, I upgraded the way that I'm able to streamline this process. I upgraded the way that my client's content is going to turn out. That to me was a time frame where I was able to increase my prices. So there's just never going to be a right or a wrong answer. And I say this in the YouTube video, but one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got when it comes to pricing your services is literally just pick a price and start. And it's going to feel weird at first. You're not going to know if it's right, but it's going to be the only way for you to actually figure out if what you're offering is in the correct price range. You're either going to find out you're undercharging yourself when you actually get to doing the service and you realize it takes five hours longer than you thought it would be. So now there's five extra hours added into that package. Or you're also going to find that you could be overcharging and again, experience that price rejection. So Again, I don't consider myself a money coach or a mindset coach, but I think one of the most important things that you need to have when it comes to pricing your services is a good relationship with money. Um, There's a lot of really good resources out there for that. Again, it's not my specialty, but I'm hoping that everything from today's episode will either help you find new clients or just help you to kind of price your services. And again, you can find that whole video on YouTube. Okay, really quick, I don't want to dive too far into this because I literally made it the whole episode before, Um, but let's sip some social society. (laughs) See what I did there? Um, Okay, I need to circle back about Michaela because mm, I'm a little upset. So I've kind of been keeping an eye on the situation. I'm not going to lie, my like hatred or my like fuel for it has kind of fizzled out. So I'm not like as up to date with it as I was. But last I saw, Michaela was actively posting. Like she was posting Valentine's Day content and she was posting like wedding dress stuff and blah, blah, blah. Like, and everybody's in her comments like, 
yes, girl, like, fuck the haters, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't respect that. Sorry. I think that is somebody who knows exactly what she did, which is take advantage of her audience. And to me, if I considered myself somebody, like, of Michaela's community and, like, of her audience, which I don't, I have never been a diehard Michaela fan. I'm just interested in this because of, like, the stir that it caused. But, like... If I was considered part of her active audience, I would be pissed. Like, I don't understand how people don't see that she was just discriminating everybody's IQ. Like, basically, she was saying, my audience isn't intelligent enough to know the difference. And if it was on purpose, you got called out for that. And the fact that you're just, like, skimming past it and, like, not saying anything... I don't like that personally. That's just not somebody that I like to like associate myself with or to continue to support. So I don't plan on supporting her anymore. Not that I really did before, but like it's straight up false advertisement. So I'm unhappy. I think it's disrespectful to the people who trust her. And I'm actually annoyed that L'Oreal hasn't said anything either. So I don't know. I, like I said, I don't want to go too far into that because it was literally the whole episode. But like I'm annoyed. I don't see it as her being like above the haters and like avoiding the drama, blah, blah, blah. I think this is somebody not being willing to take accountability for their actions. And I don't fuck with people like that. Like if you mess up, you need to acknowledge it. I'm the first person to say when I messed up, like I know that it's hard. I'm not saying everybody needs like come clean about every little tiny mistake they've ever made but like I just couldn't imagine like if I got on this podcast and was like I love this platform I use it all day every day it's perfect it's beautiful nothing can ever compete with it blah 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 and then to have like I don't know just morally know that that's not true like And to have somebody from my audience, let alone hundreds or thousands of people from my audience call me out on it, I would feel like such an asshole just like continuing to show up and ignoring that. So like, I just don't like that. I don't know. It might be an unpopular opinion, but again, I don't want to fixate on it anymore. Thank you for listening to me talk about it. If you know any good tea about that, (laughs) let me know. Um, Okay. Like I said, I want to do another focus week for social media managers and like I said I think I want to dive into the discovery calls um, that whole process get this discovery call kit finally published so send me your questions or any like concerns or any topics surrounding discovery calls that you would like to hear in that episode or in that content um, again my Instagram is at page media co TikTok is at page media co and then next week like I said my office is going to be in disarray getting a little facelift um so we will be back the week after and I also am going to get some guests going really really soon I haven't scheduled any yet and I keep saying I need to so if you or somebody you know or if you know somebody who would be a good person to interview for this podcast or to even just have on the podcast teach us about something let me know again send that to me on Instagram um okay I'm so excited to spend the rest of this week with you guys over on Instagram to come hang out with me over there and I will talk to you not next week but the week after all right have the best day bye